And now, gambling terms. Push, a wager that results in a tie. Even money. Bet with the same payout as you wager. Legit. Knowing where it's truly legal to gamble in Colorado. You can enjoy legal gaming in Blackhawk, Central City, Cripple Creek, as well as licensed online sports and off-track betting in Colorado. Play legit and gamble only where it's legal. Learn more now at playlegitco.com. A message from the Colorado Division of Gaming. Gambling problem? Call or text 1-800-GAMBLER. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. seems like just a week ago brian we were celebrating our year anniversary and here we are episode 151 i was wondering if you were going to label it in order or that was like a one-off oh yeah oh if we were gonna if i was gonna reset the clock yeah no i mean pretending like we had 100 episodes under our belt was one (laughs) of our earliest bits and i feel like we have to uh keep that going now (laughs) uh my 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 site's not going live for uh right now for a second my channel but uh it'll go up eventually i don't know what's going on okay all right brian's dealing through uh some technical difficulties over here yeah i'm this happens every once in a blue moon brian's uh you're you're juggling a lot you're trying to update some james harden lineups trying to get your stream going you're trying to grab a box of cinnamon toast crunch i mean you're you're doing it all (laughs) want some seafood um, yeah, I Harden wasn't going to play. I should have just kept him out to begin with. And then, and then, and then I would have adjusted later on, but whatever. It's fine. Did they have a, did the Nets play last night? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cause I was, was I was, point, yeah. I was recording the video with uh, Preston Johnson, Sports Cheetah, and he had to like pause because he's like, "Yeah, there's some news about Harden," and I was like, "Man, so he must uh, every night. It seems like he's a, a game time decision." Uh, yeah, he has neck soreness or something. Um, uh, yeah, last night I had a lot of Bruce Brown Jr. who like didn't even play the fourth and shit the bed. Yeah. Uh, this is actually a good question by Phil. When when Brian emoji, and we, we need to get one uh, in here. We, of course, have the uh, no toxicity emoji, which doesn't show up in StreamYard, but the, uh, the VIPs on the channel have access to that one. Brian, if you could get your own personal emoji, um, what would it be? Or would it just be like a still of you? Would you want to be making a specific funny face? Like, I'll take requests. I, I, I don't have any. Yeah, I don't know. I'll, I'll leave that up to up to the professionals. Yeah. Um, I think, well, we also, we have, you know, the no toxicity, the not financial. I feel like the not financial advice was, um, kind of inspired by you. Um, 
uh, was it? Well, Maybe. I mean, you didn't invent not financial advice, but you were the one that kept bringing it up. Uh, well, what happened was is you sincerely told me, hey, you might want to add this as a disclaimer to your YouTube video so you don't get sued. And then right after that, you're like, the not financial advice disclaimer is the dumbest shit in the world. <laughs> I was <laughs> like, all right, I'm getting mixed signals here, Brian. I love, I love, I love how you can just like throw that in, and like that just wipes it all. So you could just give the worst possible advice ever, and then like, not financial advice. Let's get that out of the way. Kill your family. You know, <laughs> spend hire hitmen. It doesn't. You know, it's like you could get the worst possible advice we, ever. So not financial we, advice. Can we get at least halfway through the episode before you say kill your family, Brian? I was I haven't dropped any like weird uh, metaphors or inappropriate and analogies in a while. So seriously. Um yeah, Lou, I we put out on Twitter uh taking some questions for tonight. Brian and I weren't feeling particularly inspired from a show sheet topic list perspective. So we did get some some good questions in there. Uh of course, it seems like people still want to continue to talk about Top Shot. We might toss you a bone. Should about, we toss about, the top shotters a bone, Brian? I was thinking about some of those questions. I was, how about how about how about this slogan? Don't don't pop my shot, bro. Because they're 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 asking for all of our uh, picks. Yeah, and we are actually talking about some things, but we don't want people to pop our shot. Wait, is pop your shot? Is that your take on pump my bags? No, that's your pop. You're gonna steal my top shot. Okay, you're pop my shot. No, yeah. It's not hitting. It's not this, hitting how I want it to. This was like on uh, last Friday when we were doing Club Top Shot and uh, we we're ready to uh, blast off with the ponies. And P- Peter Jennings was getting very upset because like we haven't even bought any yet. And now you want to just go blow up the uh, the ponies before I've gotten to put a stable together. So <laughs> explain to me. So I did watch one show, uh, one race. I didn't watch the show. Um I, I'm assuming you you it, you you pay for a pony, and is it like yes. random on how good it is? So basically, I, I'm not the best one to give a primer. I'm sure Jack has like a 90 second elevator pitch he's already given to 4,000 people. <laughs> um, basically, how uh, I actually did I did eavesdrop on a call with Jack's horse guy. Um, it is. The, the horses have different pedigrees and they're all named after iconic crypto figures. The Nakamoto's are the, you know, the most uh, rare, impressive breed. And then he has a Zabo and then like you can get the hundred dollar uh, buterins uh, down there. But I guess basically how it works is they've created uh, an algorithm that's actually supposed to kind of replicate the frequencies with which horses usually win based on odds. And so they're basically just trying to create kind of the same level of um, consistency, but also still having the randomness of a long shot dark course can win, can win a race. So that's how I understand it. Um, I do not have a pony myself. I think it's very fun to watch and gamble on, but I I don't got time to breed a stable, Brian. I don't got time for that shit. I did think that actually that is kind of fun. Like is uh, is there inherent gambling in it? Like, if your horse wins, do you win money? Uh, yes. So that's the one thing that's interesting right now is the prize pools are pretty small um, relative to what you're investing in them. You know, Jack spent like eight ETH on a horse, and some of the prize pools are for like a hundred dollars. Um, so, but I think the thesis is the prize pools are going to get much bigger um, as that this as this cool. goes on. Yeah, yeah, and illegal maybe. Yeah. 
I can't believe you guys are making me talk about horses right now. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So the, the horsey, what were, what was I trying to say? Yes. Oh yeah. You, you got, you got to pack your bags before you pump them. Uh, apparently that's what you mean by, uh, popping your shot. Yeah. Well, no, you pop, don't pop my shot. Don't steal my, <laughs> so someone's like, who's your favorite? Who's your, what's your favorite card right now? Yeah. It's like, well, why would I tell you exactly the card I'm thinking about purchasing today? Because I might just go in there and get it. Well, we know you're a boomer at heart because you keep calling Top Shot cards. You're, you're never going to stop saying that, are you? It's digital cards. <laughs> <laughs> physical physical moments and digital cards. Um, did you, I mean, because these days, if we've learned anything, um, if you say that now's a good time to buy the dip, like you actually had to buy the dip, have you have you been buying anything here after blasting off? I don't know, man. I, I I haven't yet. It is definitely like a good dip. It feels like a good dip to buy. I, I've told you this offline. It's like my only concern really is not Top Shot. It's like the overall yeah. market. And Top Shot's not like liquid. So like if you want, you're like, you know what? I just want to get out of everything. Uh, you're not going to be able to do that in Top Shot. Like it's going to take you a while to sell to sell something. Yeah. And I don't know if you're watching like the market's been getting killed. And like, even though they just pumped in $2 trillion, that feels weird to me. And I think this whole thing, this whole economy is a clown show anyways. Um, and the, the, the increase in like asset prices and collectibles and all this stuff is wacky to me. And yeah, I think something's messed up. And, but they did, I'm, I'm probably will get one more or two. Yeah. So yeah, it seems like yeah, your concerns are more the overall market. I assume that uh, uh, includes crypto, Bitcoin. Yeah, like hopefully, like crypto doesn't fall as bad as the other assets. Yeah, I mean, you would think though, like that the stock market wouldn't fall as bad either, too, since they're propping that up, and just the dollar would it costs more to buy goods and services, but your stocks would stay at the same, at the same level. So uh, I don't know. I can't figure it out. <laughs> so then where, then where are you, if you're kind of worried about the overall market, where, where do you want to put your money right now? Is it in a lake house, uh, real estate? I think that, I think that's going under too. <laughs> <laughs> you're wait, you're going to buy the dip on the lake house. I think they, I was just listening to some mortgage uh, brokers podcast and uh, he's, he says there's 1 million houses on the market right now in the country. I don't know who knows if this guy's not financial advice, entertainment purpose only. Um, there's only 1 million pieces of real estate on the market in the country. Like that's not many. And there's like 5 million uh, homes in forbearance right now because of the COVID uh, forbearance on foreclosures legislation. Um, so if interest, you know, if all those flood the market, uh, they could be a huge problem. Uh, I know some other guys who are in the mortgage industry. They say like there's some, the lending is pretty lax. It's not as bad as 2007, yeah. but we just we just refinanced our mortgage because the rates are just insanely cheap. But as far as on the like. I think we're planning to move like within the next one to two years. And I mean, at least right now, granted it's COVID impacted and and we're also in Boston, which is a pretty popping real estate market, but there's like nothing, there's nothing on the market. Um, th that's 
one million is not a lot of houses. Like if someone told you like there's a million houses for sale in California, you'd be like, okay, that makes all right. That sounds about right. I don't know. Yeah, one million in the whole country. That doesn't sound right. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I just I just think things could go wrong quickly. Like this is not normal. I don't yeah. think it's normal. I think I think. Uh, I mean, what did Trump print four trillion last year? Something like that. And how much are we on track to print this year? Well, so he, they say five, this one point nine, yeah. and then he wants to do another three trillion. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a it's who like would you imagine being in that meeting, and someone someone's like one point nine, and then someone else is like, well, let's do two, and they're like, slow down there, let's stick with one point nine trillion, let's not get crazy. So then, why doesn't that make you bullish on Bitcoin? Um, because because. Pretty much, they've been—they uh, haven't been decoupled, the stock market and and Bitcoin. Yeah, they, they're they're having more days where they're decoupled lately. I mean, I'm, like I said, I'm still bullish compared to everything else, like the dollar and uh, the stock market. Yeah. So, like, hopefully that drops less. But and you know, I'm not I'm not selling. So it's like I'm super bullish on it. It's just. Uh, you're caught. You're being cautious in the short to midterm. Well, I mean, I, I'd rather have Bitcoin than Top Shot. Um, like, if this happens, if something, yeah. if if something happens, just because you can do whatever you want with your Bitcoin. We yourself. we all love Top Shot, but I I hope uh, the rational among us can always say that we'd rather hold Bitcoin than Top Shot. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not last month, not two months ago. Yeah, well, that goes back into the whole thing. If you can actually time the market, then God bless your soul. Hang on, real quick. Do you know this person? And is it actually your birthday? It is my birthday. Yeah. What I don't know the hell? You didn't tell me it was your birthday, <laughs> dude. Happy birthday, man. Maybe we should talk about uh, uh, happier things. <laughs> yeah, seriously. You come on your birthday show and you just start and I just spewing fud like left and right. I, I, uh, what was the, the, I did have, uh, oh, with Top Shot. So, like, if they just lift the limits, just one, just that one thing, I think, um, uh, that could just bring us right back. Right. Oh, like on you, top. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. If they, if they sell LeBron for 1.2 million or something, boom, it's in the news. Yeah. We could give us back humming again. Yeah. No, I, I, uh, yeah, I think that that cap is definitely, um, limiting, uh, helping, helping things grow. I mean, the one guy, Jesse and the guys who, I mean, the one guy, Jesse, who made the $208,000 purchase with, I believe with Peter and Jeremy and that, I mean, that guy was doing press for, uh, like two weeks. Jack's still doing press about his 50 K from Levi. He was in the, I keep mentioning Jack. God damn it, Jack. Uh, he was in the New York times doing that. So yeah, I mean, once they raise the cap and we start to get some of bigger flashier sales. Yeah. Um, like I'm not, I'm not like scared of this dip for top shot at all. I mean, it, it sounds, it sounds doomer, but like if, you know, if you believe in Austrian economics, uh, that's the thesis, the boom bus cycle. Yeah. And if you're a MMT guy, you know, then you think that I'm wrong, which is totally, totally understandable. I don't, I don't know either, but, um, like it, 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 the Austrian school makes way, way more sense to me. There was, um, 
uh, a podcast I listened to the other day where a guy was kind of ripping on the Austrian school because the Austri- the Austrian school like would like Top Shot more because uh, value is subjective is like a core tenet where like you know the um, Ricardo uh, John Smith school Mark's school honestly too is uh, the labor theory of value right like so how much labor gets put into it the product. Right service determines the price um is, is this is this is no this no i i think it's interesting because i actually saw like a micro version of that conversation happening with like nft value where people were like well he, you know he spent six months working on this piece and someone else made this other one in like four hours and it's like does it how, why does that matter you know but to, but to some people it does but the market ultimately decides in that case right of like if it matters or not yeah, I mean, like the 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 labor theory of value to me is like I don't know, it seems like bullshit. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, that's the whole basis for the like the Marxist the the um the the employer is is taking advantage of the worker because the worker is the one putting in the labor hours and that's what makes determines the price. Um, part of that, but like, anyways, his 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 argument was that it takes no labor at all to make an NFT, essentially. It's it's it takes like two days to learn how to make an NFT. He, but that's but like that argument is like saying it takes you know fourteen seconds to learn how to hang up a piece of artwork versus like making the thing that is the NFT, right? Kind, yeah, kind of. That's but I, I mean I was saying like it, it, you don't even need the you don't even need the labor uh, the the labor of making the NFT to make Top Shot work because because the company puts in a lot of work. So like, let's just grant it that the labor theory of value has some merit here along with the v- value being subjective. Like they, they have the, the contract with the NBA, like that's worth something. They had to put time in. How do you even go about getting that contract? They have, you know, marketing people, cashier people. They're, they're a business. So like they're putting in hours of work and they have the, the artwork that that goes into the NFT. It might not be huge, but like they're putting in tons of labor hours into I'll, it. I'll tell you what they don't have, Brian. They don't have KYC people, man. I still can't get my money out of there. <laughs> Good luck with drawing, bro. <laughs> no, you got to say dipshit at the end. <laughs> um, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, with, I guess it's, yeah, with with all the like art and collectible stuff, like I'm definitely very like I I don't I don't care how long it take took to get made or if someone can make a brilliant piece of art in 30 minutes or you know the Beeple Every Days, which is literally a culmination of probably thousands and thousands of hours of work of all these like mini snippets of stuff, and that's mm-hmm. impressive in its own right. But it's like. I don't know, man. People just like cool shit. They like aesthetically pleasing shit. They like, yeah. so I, I just don't know how that necessarily comes into play for like NFT art specifically. Right. Yeah. I mean, any, any of them, right? Like maybe like even the horses, not to go back to it, like they're still doing something. They're like, there's, there's some sort of computer game programming on the back end. Right. So I can't think of one thing that really doesn't have a decent amount of labor put into it. Like, oh, you know, th- I mean, there are some of these like, so I guess this would count for like the Homer Pepe. Well, I guess that's art, but <laughs> you know, I'm just trying to like, if you're being charitable to his argument, like there, I yeah. mean, some of these, did you see the um, unsolicited dick pic NFTs? No, I guess the people were making unsolicited dick pic I, NFTs. I can't, I can't keep up with this. Well, ha- actually, so 
this is actually an interesting thing because Lou says the labor is marketing yourself to get people to buy your NFT. Memes are actually like a really good use case, right? Where memes are often these shoddily put together things. You can go do a meme generator. You could slap some text onto an image. Boom, you have this virality. The virality is based on marketing and community and resonating with a group of people. And that is very powerful. Like you look at all these companies and you even see, you know, what Barstool's gotten to where it is with memes. You have Elon Musk doing memes. Like memes are very good for business. And that requires very little labor to make a meme. It takes having an eye for talent and what's funny and what's going to be viral. But I think that's like a good use case for NFTs. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm full, full on board with values, totally subjective anyways. So like, yeah. I'm, I'm already sold. I just have never thought about it where I can't think of a product that doesn't have any labor put into it. But these NFTs, like you kind of, some of them you kind of could make like an unsolicited dick pic NFT does not really, it probably doesn't take you very long to make that if, if they're flooding your inbox anyways. Uh, You you seem to be really interested in these unsolicited uh, dick pics. I was thinking of uh, birthday presents. And so no. I, I mean, my thought, I mean, my thing with that, Brian is just like, why would I want the NFT when I can just print off the unsolicited dick pic for free? You know what I mean? Get get your wife something a little nice. Look, look what Cooper said. The Bryson NFTs, they, they did no one bought those, it sounds like. They had to drop the price. It flopped, right? That's what I heard. I don't know how it did today, but I heard it flopped. I mean, that's like the Gronk one too. That is like the, there's not much there. I guess there's artwork for the card. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I mean, well, it goes to me like – the I've said this on a couple of shows before, but like those one-off things, like the the two things that are, br- I think there's three things that Top Shot does that a lot. You have the NBA license, that's huge. Not necessarily right. applicable to these other NFTs, the license aspect, but they have that. Yeah, the marketplace is their killer app. Having a a, a marketplace where all of this can go on um, is is one of their huge advantages. And the third thing is community. They have a massive, massive community, you know, podcasts, discord groups, people who are massively obsessed about Top Shot and like those three things. So when I look at the Bryson or even the Mahomes, I know it's going to charity. That's good. But like the actual like long term value of that, like, are they going to really be able to prop that up with community and a vibrant marketplace? Like how is Bryson is not going to take the time. His agent is not going to take the time to be doing like giveaways with a discord and like creating these utility aspects to the mm. NFT. Like it's a cash grab. Right. Yeah. Was that one for charity? I, I mean, I feel bad if it, if it was for Bryson, <laughs> I know that Gronk- I didn't know that I didn't know the Mahomes one was so Gronk one was for Gronk. Mahomes one was for charity. I mean, and for Mahomes, it would be pretty hard to just sign a half a billion dollar contract and then <laughs> try to make, you know, a couple hundred ETH, uh, <laughs> you know, from your, uh, from your fans. Wait, which, oh, 300 K discord members already. I assume you're talking about top shot. I was like, if Bryson has a discord with 300 K yeah. people in it. Um, yeah. Right. Like, so like once the business expands and you're, and you have all these different aspects of it like there's moderators and all sorts of paid labor like i don't know where uh 
Like, I, like I get it. Yeah, you could take a course and make an NFT in two days if you have a little bit of computer skills. Uh, that that's fine. It's even less than that, Brian. Okay, you know, I, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know. Okay, one day, but like, um, I don't like th- these are all companies or artists or not, I mean, not all of them. No, no. It does make me think about like the Pepe, uh, the Homer Pepe's and stuff like that. Yeah. It's like, okay, it took some guy uh, to make a joke meme NFT and sell them for 350K. Mm. The way I've been thinking about things lately is like the, for artists, that is the most, um, I don't know, simple execution of an NFT like a nice piece of art like that. And so that is where we're seeing like the specific bubble. Now you just have like right of It's like, this is just a shit drawing like or whatever. But because art is the easiest thing to do. And I don't even know if my brain can wrap a, my head around what the other things are going to be. But like what happens when we actually find better ways for music, for videos, for other type of things for ownership. And it just seems like everyone just like, wow, these artist dudes are making, you know, a hundred ETH on these, you know, digital renderings or whatever. I, I'm going to try that. But I'm like, I'm more interested about like the true paradigm shift and like this idea of creators cutting out the middleman. Like one thing I've been thinking about a lot lately is I am talking to companies and businesses who want to work with me and do video stuff. And like, they often want me to come and make content for their channel. They want to pay me for labor on their channel. And I don't, I don't want to do that. I want to like grow and build my own things. And so then it comes to, well, then how could I be profitable doing that? You know, and there's the trade. I can get peanut ad revenue from YouTube or, you know, I have various things. I can sell some merch, but I I'm thinking in the way of like, is there actually a non like cash grab version of an NFT coming for creators down the road where you can cut out that middleman and be able to to kind of allow your biggest fans and your biggest creators to kind of support you so you don't need that mm-hmm. that's wasn't, what i've been thinking about uh, wasn't that like the journey of wanting to put money into bitcoin to the beginning it was for me yeah it, the first one is like oh you can get rid of the banks right and it's like oh okay that's kind of cool and like visa mastercard can get oh okay and like oh maybe you don't need government it's like oh wait smart contracts you can you can start your own businesses on here and like all that stuff in you know 2012 13 14 was like this this is awesome like what can this do um it's just like i said the whole the whole labor labor theory thing applied to nfts i i haven't heard that argument you know from anybody but no guys i'm 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 aware with with I'm familiar with with Patreon. I'm thinking of more um you know creative stuff where and I and I've seen Bale's tweet about it the idea and I've seen some I've gotten some comments about like the creator coins and stuff like that and I I don't know if that's the answer. I'm but I just do feel like there is something here in this concept of NFTs and this kind of and I just I think we'll get there. We're just not quite there yet. Somebody'll think of something cool. Yeah, I mean, with music, I think something cool is going to happen. It might yeah. be a combination of like smart contract NFT or something. But when you know, once you get total control over your your music, who knows? Like, do do we need Spotify? Like, um, you know, we already do. We do they need the the big uh, Hollywood uh, music companies? Yeah. 
and I, I mean, that's such a good point too, because I, you know, I, I listen to a lot of new music and, you know, I still have those experiences where I'm just like, holy shit, this is so cool. This is like, uh, this is an experience I didn't know I could hear or whatever. Or like, and yet these guys are getting literally pennies from Spotify for their work. And so I see these digital artists who I think are, are very talented, some of them, and they're making outlandish bits of money. And I'm like, I look at this musician and I'm like, this person is equally as talented in another medium. They can't travel and do shows because of COVID and Spotify is giving them pennies for their work and how I appreciate them or like respect them as, as an artist is equal, but one is fetching a hundred ETH on super yeah. rare. And the other is literally probably making like $40,000 a year with their music. Yeah. It could maybe like Spotify will be the marketing tool. And then you move over to uh, NFT smart contracts to make your dough afterwards. Like I was like thinking that we said this on one of our shows, like you could do like a hundred thousand song NFTs and like, you have to have the NFT to play it or something somehow. I don't know. Yeah. Like maybe you can't, it, like you can't crack it somehow and it only plays through something um, like, like people like, um, it, you know, I mean, it has a different sound, but like the albums, right? Like there's a lot of people who release, you know, a limited version of albums. Like there's gotta be some way, uh, that they could, they could get back into it. Um, yeah, yeah. It's a, I think that's what's exciting to me about right now. And it, the same thing happened in crypto, right? Like it boomed. We saw all the ICO shit coins and we saw the bubble pop all a bunch of that stuff went to zero. But during that bear market, that extended bear market, like these guys understood that the technology, the underlying technology was still revolutionary and they kept building in building on that stuff. And I think that's going to happen with NFTs, right? We're going to see the crash and, but people are going to realize the NFT technology is here to stay. And we'll probably have that cycle where in a year or two, some actually incredible things are going to pop back up. Yep. That, that's, I think you're, I would, I would put money on that too. Do you think that, do you think that kills top shot at like a year and a half from now or something or not kills it, but you know, uh, yeah, you're losing half your value or something. Well, yeah, I think, I, I mean, I, I then think you could probably kind of triangulate, okay, how these cyclical crypto markets work with how the kind of traditional card market market works. And I do think a lot of these non-premium, non-rare, non-Hall of Famer moments are going to massively plummet. And there's going to be still, like, they'll do a very good job of still engaging the user base. They're going to have fun challenges. There's still going to be Anthony Edwards dunks in a bear market that people want. Like that is going to be a thing. But when you just look at the amount of volume and the circulation on there, like a lot of these moments are going to go to one or $2. They might have to lower the cap on a dollar as the floor for a moment. <laughs> that would be, that'd be crazy. It does. It, I mean, I agree. I hope not. I, I think that would still be cool if the cards were worth five, too, 10, 20 bucks. But yeah. Um, and and that's the thing, but, and then it's, so then it's, how do you reconcile, right? Like, are we, you know, with the, the season one, the season or the series one, the series two, like, is, is that the equivalent of Bitcoin at a hundred dollars where we're all going to laugh when it, when it goes from there, or it, it's hard to know where on the sliding scale those things exist. But I think we both agree there will be a bear market, a long one. There will be a massive pullback, um, once all of this dies down, but I don't think top shots going anywhere itself. One thing that's really interesting on this, and I'd like to get your opinion on it. It's, I guess there's two parts to it. One is we, we talked about a little bit before. It's like there's only so many million dollar buyers. There's only so many 
$500,000 buyers for this stuff. I don't think that pool's big, but for some reason, like the NFT space, there's like a lot of people, a lot of people who I don't think would pay $2 million for a Van Gogh are paying $5 million for, you know, uh, a whatever, a Beeple or something. Like, I, I don't, I don't know if that's exactly true. And it, and it, that is another concern. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. This will just be me and my concern episode. Is like, I don't think like DFS bros are going to set the market for art in the future. Like that, you know what I mean? Like they're yeah. in the Venn diagram of the, like, I don't see them at an Andy Warhol party or something. You know what I mean? Like I don't see club top shot being the art. Uh, I, I kind of joked about it. Joe made a little joke to it. Okay. Maybe, maybe club top shot, but the other, the other ones. Oh, thank you. I was about to boot you on your birthday from this show. The, the other, uh, the other shows might not be, the barometer for the future of art. But like, I guess, you know, I mean, Bales is in art, obviously, and uh, Jennings seems to be in art too. But like the people who determine the art market are not, do not give a shit about DFS in the NBA and top shot. You know what I mean? So like, I'm just interested in how that all goes, but maybe, maybe that, maybe this is a, a paradigm shift in what people want and, and they're right. Yeah. I think if you, if you have a ton of money and uh, there's this exploding paradigm, it would it's this, it's basically a fun thing to put your money in, right? Like there's I, I keep tabs on whatever the new nifty gateway drops are. And I've only bought like one thing on there. But, you know, sometimes I'm like, oh, yeah, that is cool. And I'm like, yeah, it would be if I if I had unlimited amounts of money, sure, I would I would buy that. Like, I just think it's cool. But then I remind myself, like, okay, no, I actually don't need to spend money on this right now. So yeah, I, I wouldn't read too much on, you know, people who have a lot of money having fun with um kind of this new idea of being able to own artwork digitally. Well, I mean, I'm I'm totally fine with them doing it and anyone, you know, wanting to do it. I'm really talking about like Okay, where does the art market go from here then? Yeah. Like if you're if you're gonna pay sixty-nine million dollars for for this, not that they're not cool, I think they're cool. Yeah. But like what does a Jackson Pollock get you? Is that even right. art anymore? Like who right. determines that? The people who think Jackson Pollocks are awesome are not in our circle. Right. Well, and that's actually an interesting point. And I mean, this is kind of what Jeffrey's hinting at crypto whales have so much money uh, that a million or two is nothing. It would be absolutely fascinating to have like a Beeple versus like the whatever the I don't know. Can we get like a Monet, like official license by the Monet estate NFT and let the art, old school art world battle it out? Or maybe it's a physical one at the same time. And because I think that these crypto ETH whales, they, they're way more into the Beeple than the Monet, right? Wouldn't they rather flex on the internet owning the everyday Beeple than they would the Monet? Well, did you saw, remember we talked about that Pranksy bit that those guys did. They bought a Pranksy actual painting in real life. Yeah. And they filmed themselves burning it. 
And then the picture they took right before they burned it, turned it into an NFT, and then sold that for three hundred grand. And then that prank sees gone. Can you imagine doing that with uh, a Mona Lisa? <laughs> That'd be good. That'd be a good television event too. That would be. I don't even care about art, but first that wouldn't be right. I don't think. See, now we're back to. Uh, I don't even read every. So someone had sent me a DM. Uh, Please help. Where's the discussion about the Mona Lisa ashes and the fake Mona Lisa? I, and I believe now that I, I think it must have been people were saying it was on uh, Levitan's podcast. I'm just going to guess the prompt was, what would you rather have the ashes from the real Mona Lisa that was burned or an exact replica of the Mona Lisa? So to just really trying to untangle the idea, is it the original, the scarcity that's driving it? Or is it the natural innate beauty or what it signifies of that painting? What would you rather have? I mean, Michelangelo is a legend, you know what I mean? His like talent has been known throughout the centuries, like a one in a billion type of talent. So I think that matters. Yeah. Like, 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 like Jordan, but even, even like, I don't know, you know, 10 times Jordan really like Michelangelo. Um, so I think, yeah, it's the, it's the person. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that would, that would, that, I would guess that would hurt the value to burn a Mona Lisa and then NFT it. But this insane economy world we're living in, it might not. It It is. And maybe these, maybe the, like what uh, Jeffrey was saying about the uh, crypto whales, maybe they're changing it. Yeah. Maybe that, maybe like, okay, it's like, yeah, we want to sell our Van Gogh for 5 million, but we can't because these 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 crypto punks are going for 15 million so we got to get into this you know what i mean and then yeah. like whoever's the artist of the of the of the real world is like okay i guarantee these artists in the real world are looking at nfts yeah. big time remember when you were worried about club top shot being the uh, authorities on uh, art and now it's starting to sound like the guys from wolves are the authorities on art that's true <laughs> I'm a total hypocrite. Total hypocrite. <laughs> hey, it's fun. It's fun to talk about, isn't it? it is. Well, it and two going back to this thing with the crypto stuff, and there is like that whole idea of the you know the cypherpunk like ethos and stuff, and like up ending like the current system, and like you hear people talk, like you hear the big whales on Twitter who have the crypto punk avatars. They talk about flexing. Like that is a thing. It's, it's a flex. It's when you even go buy one of these nice pieces of art for like, you're flexing. I have this much money to buy. And I think that there is something going on here with untangling the actual like value of the art from the intention of the purchaser to flex, right? Like, isn't that because that's, there's the market bull run, but there's also these dudes that want to flex, do you think this is amplified by COVID? So like you can't drive your Lambo. So it's like, I gotta get an NFT in my uh, Twitter handle. Or tw- well, it, it's funny you say that because that w- wasn't that the whole Bitcoin thing. It was Lambos, right? Mm-hmm. It was where all, I, who was it? Uh, was it Ryan Fee from Upswing Poker who apparently won a lot of money uh, with the betting on Doug Polk and the Daniel Negreanu challenge. And then he posts, it was, I'm not a car guy. It was either a Lambo or a Ferrari or some, but he, he bought that. And I was like, oh yeah, people actually still are flexing on physical goods, but you're right. I mean, 
this new bull run is like you flex with digital art versus the aspiration being like, I want a jet. I want to go party on an island. I want a Lamborghini. It's no, no, no. Now I, now I want a eight bit uh, pixel character as my avatar. It's it, it, I, I'm excited to see where all this goes. It's just, it's insane. Yeah. It's absolutely, it's absolutely insane. <laughs> yeah. So what else did you do for your birthday, Brian, besides, uh, I went you know, pontificate about digital art for lunch with my buddy and his wife. And then, um, looked at a house too. Ooh. Okay. All right. So you it's are for sale and for rent and I don't want to buy. Hence my thesis earlier. Wait, so it sounds perfect. You don't want to buy and it's for sale and for rent. So you guys can just enter into a very ambiguous relationship with this piece of real estate. Well, you could, they could just rent it, but yeah, you could, I guess you could do rent to buy, but I don't know. I wonder if they, they, I don't know how that works if they like lock in the price now, but um, yeah, I don't know. I think this, I think this bitch is going down. <laughs> wow. Wow. So, so, uh, is this, but I take it, this isn't, uh, near the lake. This is like by you in Chicago. It's yeah. Just North side Link, yeah. Lincoln square area. Nice. Nice. I, I think what you should do, I think you and Osimo, uh, and, uh, is it Papa Gates or Chipotle attic that lives in Chicago? Papa Gates lives in, I think in, in the loop. I think you guys should get a DFS house. You should all go in on it together. You guys pull your money, get a film crew, reality TV style, 24-hour security camera footage of you guys just at your computers, crunching numbers all day. Occasionally, one of you wanders into the kitchen, grabs a cup of water, says, sup. I think it'd be riveting. Two months, two million? <laughs> yeah. Um, RBX, RBX wants me to go to his new house in New Jersey. He just... Hey, God. All right, we got to... I want it because this was a story from last week, and there's been a few updates on it. Um, so you... T- tell the story about the dupes and then and then him finding out the train he ran in that contest and and what his response was. He well, I have a tweet up about it, but yeah, he hit he uh oh I'll go I'll pull up the tweet as you talk. Um he 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 entered PGA, his normal allotment, you know, like whatever, bunch of 150s and the the high stakes ones, and he didn't enter he forgot to update his dummy lineup. And so I, I sent him. So, so this is his dummy lineup here with 150 yeah. dupes. And then you said must have been one hell of a party last night for RBX 88. Yeah. So then I DM'd him on Discord. <laughs> Had too much sex last night and fell asleep. So now I have all dummy lineups in PGA. This is like the, because normally this one you hear is I drank too much and blacked out. But yes. RBX 88 had too much sex and got tired and fell asleep, which is the most RBX 88 thing ever, just being so tuckered out. So flash forward today, and he did it again. <laughs> Another 150 lineup train? Yeah. In every event. And you can't, you definitely can't do it on match play because, like, you need to get each guy in each quadrant. I don't know if you guys played. You you don't play uh, match play DFS golf, but yeah, you want you do, you want like your opponents playing each other at the last possible moment. Uh, yeah, the, the players play. So uh, so how much has he punted off in these these past two weeks? I didn't ask him, but I, I imagine twenty, thirty, forty. Um, <laughs> That's thousand for the people at home. Uh, 
I was I was gonna so I did DM him again. I was gonna put a Twitter poll. I forgot to do it. I was gonna be like, okay, RVX eighty eight didn't enter a lineup because a too much sex again, b party too hard, or c just didn't uh, uh, forgot what time it started. That's uh, it's so funny too because what is the thing normally? You know, you hear the stories about the Powerball winners, right? That win the you know hundreds of millions of dollars and then their life goes to shed and they kind of, um, you know, spiral out of control cause they don't know how to handle it. Well, RBX 88 wins the millionaire maker three times and, uh, forgets how to play DFS cause he's too busy having sex. I mean, that's the story DraftKings needs to do a profile on. <laughs> Like that's the one I need to see. I want to see RBX eighty eight like asleep in his bed, some girl, you know, wearing one of his work shirts, running in, waking him up. You missed lock RBX eighty eight. You missed it. He and then I sent you a DM the other day. I'm like, someone said, um, "Sorry to this guy." In last night's eight eighty eight entry, uh, you know, eight hundred eighty eight dollar entry in the NBA. Tim Hardaway hit a meaningless three, 38 foot three. <laughs> and he lost by 0.25. Like he's apologizing to this guy publicly. And I sent the message to you like, guess who beat, guess who had the Hardaway guy? Three pointer. So what, it, so how much did he win on that one? It was a hundred grand. So it was, <sighs> if he was in second, it was six, 60 extra, most likely. Honest question. So he just won it right back. Like the next two days later. Do you think RBX 88 is the, luckiest person to ever walk the face of the earth i bet there's somebody luckier but he's like, if you win a billion dollars i have a billion dollars at the lottery you're luckier than that's RBX. true yeah let okay let's narrow it down and be less hyperbolic he's the luckiest man in the dfs industry um probably. oh wow you're you're rbx 88's best bud now you're well, in the bag other guy, two gun or whatever won like two or three millimakers i don't know anything about him though i think he works for one uh, FTN or something. Yeah. Maybe he's good. I don't know. But uh, yeah, I mean, winning Millie makers is until I win one is super fucking lucky. But the moment <laughs> I win one, all fucking skill. So what, once you win one RBX 88 becomes your hero I because mean, like, put, he'd put some respect on that guy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure people can look through your old Twitter feed and find your RBX 88 bag meme. Uh, in there. <laughs> oh, that was, I didn't even do that one. Who? Or, no, no, I didn't do that. You know, somebody, uh, Cody, uh, Cody sent it to send that to me. Uh, let's see here. I did want to answer this question. We did put a few questions up here, and I, I have thoughts about this cinnamon toast crunch shit, man. Um, first of all, would you guys prefer to have found shrimp tails in your cereal or pack three Ishmus in a base pack? Um, the. I think like the, where this question is coming from is the assumption that like getting shrimp tails in your cereal, um, would just like suck and be a horrifying experience. But if this Jensen carp guy has taught us anything, I mean, this is a content fucking gold mine. I mean, it, it's not even close. I, I, I would pray to God every single day. I could find something that cool. in one of the things I have, do you know the amount of juice, Brian, I would get out of tweets in videos, in bits, if I had that. And that's what this guy is doing. And don't you think it's a little suspicious that the guy's a verified 100,000, he's been a comedian, he's married to Topanga, like, this reeks. This married reeks. Topanga, it was definitely the cherry on top. Yeah. Uh, um, a, I mean, if he's lying, that is. It's it's incredible. And did you, I saw someone posted, um, let me see where it was. 
they're literally at stores marking down the price of Cinnamon Toast Crunch. This is a uh, Christian Harder here. Look at this. They slashed it from five forty nine to a dollar ninety nine. They had <laughs> they had Cinnamon Toast Crunch milk at the Seven Eleven here today. I'm like, oh my god, I gotta get one. I mean, you got you guys. We don't do financial advice here, but if you're not BTFDing uh, this cinnamon toast crunch, I mean, oh, yeah. I, don't, I don't know what to tell you guys. How many? How many? Assuming you were a single man, of course. How many cinnamon toast crunch uh, um, tails would you have to eat? Shrimp tails would you have to eat for one night with Topanga? All right, here's here's the thing. I'm going to reveal right, what's, the, what's the the max you'd. I'm going to reveal some things about myself here. Um, first of all, Cinnamon Toast Crunch, I don't think this is that crazy, was uh, was my favorite cereal growing up. Yeah. It's still probably my favorite cereal. Um, so I do like Cinnamon Toast Crunch. I am also a weirdo. I do not mind eating the full shrimp. I don't mind a little crunch. Uh, Lauren hates it when I do that. Um, I basically, if I'm around her, I won't eat the tails. If I'm by myself, I'm just eating the tail. So- if you tell me the combination of my favorite cereal mm-hmm. and something I already don't find that repulsive. Yeah. Dude, if I'm, if I'm Jensen carp, I'm popping those live on a stream. I mean, <laughs> that, that, that's what I do. Uh, I guess it's the wrong <laughs> audience. It is a little disgusting to have it in a box of cereal. could have been there for months. Right. Who knows how long. Like you'll eat a fresh shrimp tail. I don't think you're going to eat a shrimp tail that's in a box of cereal for God knows how long. No, I I would do that for content. I mean, right. Okay. Yeah. I'm not in the comfort of my own home being like, ah, cinnamon toast crunch shrimp tail. Yeah. Like there's, (laughs) that's all that's left at the bottom of the cereal box. Like, well, Hey, Hey, please, please don't read into anything there. Uh, but Brian, you, did you buy the cinnamon toast crunch box today? Bought the cinnamon toast crunch milk. Oh, let me see it. Let me see it. I thought, wait, I thought you got a box of Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Is that what you were getting earlier? No, that was Captain Crunch. <laughs> oh, Captain Crunch. I Do you really it, want me to get that stupid Cinnamon Toast No, Crunch? you don't have to get it. If it was right. the if it was the box, I was like, this would be a great new thing. Uh, Bethany Peters had wrote to me on Twitter that she was going to do a box opening. Cinnamon, like, I now want to just buy boxes <laughs> of cereal, get the club music going, see what kind of crystallized uh, atrocities we could find in there. Get a big bowl, just keep pouring it in there. Yeah. That's pretty good. That's a good bet. Uh, I don't know how many times you're going to do that. But. Two old biddies. You two can talk about anything for an hour. Trust us. That's exactly what we've been doing every Wednesday for a year. <laughs> This was supposed to be a Q and a. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just, it's just way too fishy, fishy. Uh, and that's not even a pun, uh, mm. with this Jensen carb stuff. Like I just, so you're not, was, bu- you're not buying it. I'm not buying this shit, man. Whoa. Okay. What's the line? What line are you putting at over under fake? Not fake. I think, I think this being real is like plus 500. Wow. Okay. Where are you at? I would, I would, I would lean towards real, but like, I don't know. You're starting to scare me. So look at, look at this Twitter feed here, man. I mean, the guy, when, when this happens to some random person, like, I mean, he is milking this. I mean, as would I, but it would be orchestrated and it would be planned. Like this is, it's just every single thing he's talking about is cinnamon toast crunch, but that's what you would do. 
Yeah, exactly. But this is this is like good for his brand. Like he's not he's loving this. What are the odds that the one shrimp tail ends up in the guy with a hundred thousand followers, almost two hundred thousand now, mm. as opposed to some rando? Why didn't my grandma get the shrimp tails, Brian? What are the odds? Hmm. All right. I'm not going plus five hundred. Even money, maybe. Yeah, like here's this stuff. I take the five to one. A man named Carp, married to a woman named Fischl, found shrimp tails in a box of his cinnamon toast crunch. The cereal was purchased from the Costco on Topanga Canyon Boulevard, and his wife played <laughs> Topanga in Boy Meets World. Meanwhile, Carp used to be a guest on Pistol Shrimp Podcast, which, by the way, is a comedy podcast. This That's is not real, is it? It's all real. Everything in that is real. I'm telling you, man, this, if, if you were, everyone's seen the Jimmy Kimmel bits, right? That everyone we've grown up on Nathan Fielder now, like orchestrating this, the dumb Starbucks, the news, like this is, I wouldn't even be surprised if this was a Nathan Fielder bit. Hmm. <laughs> I'm All actually right. calling it. I am calling it Nathan Fielder. Let's see here. Does Jensen Carp? Uh, is he followed by Nathan Fielder? I want to do some some research here. And who is this Nathan Fielder guy? I know the name. You I don't can't. know Nathan Fielder? I know the name. Uh, I can't put it together. He's a comedian that has the show Nathan Fielder for you, and he does these kind of like social experiment slash pranks under the premise of helping uh, people's businesses. So like a good example in this vein is he had this episode, this movers episode where he goes to this small business moving company. They say, Hey, we're struggling to find, um, uh, to grow our business and to find workers. And he said, well, what if we turned it, convince the public that moving boxes was like the next CrossFit workout sensation. So he hired a spokesman and made him lie and pretend that he got jacked solely by moving. And so he created this whole workout program where they actually just show up to the company and they take them to the job site. But this guy, it got picked up by the news. He was doing spots in, in San Diego, California. He was having him like work out in a U-Haul storage center because he didn't want him to be seen at the gym because it would destroy the illusion that he got jacked moving. And the news stations actually picked this up because it was such an outlandish thing. And this just, this reeks of Nathan Fielder prank style here. Hmm. Yeah. So, um, oh, by the way, some, you should watch Nathan for you. It's, uh, it's on Hulu now, I think. Some conspiracy, uh, putting the dots together. I think there, pal. I know. And it's actually funny too. Cause, uh, Lauren and I, right before this, we're watching HBO has, uh, their QAnon, uh, documentary series out right now. So we were watching QAnon. The first QAnon yeah. Don't, don't get my people's, uh, name wrong. I, 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 I get, yeah. I have a t I listened to the last Tommy G. Do you want the updates? Yeah, I want the updates. Okay. I get it in my podcast feed. I never download it, but I read the descriptions. You guys always gotta listen to the first 15, 20 minutes. Okay. <laughs> he's out, he's out of QAnon. Doesn't doesn't believe it, says it's all bullshit. It was a big mistake. Wow. His brother has rejoined the podcast who left because he got so crazy with QAnon. And now they are back to just talking about sports and conspiracy theories and stuff. So they're like, you're telling me they're basically like uh, a Barstool or Bill Simmons podcast at this point. But they believe in lizard people. <laughs> okay. There's always there's always that part at the end. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. So yes, I am in a very uh, conspiracy uh, minded uh, mood right now. So yeah, I you and Tommy G right there. Yeah. I mean, we have so many similarities. Do you think this Felder guy is one of those lizard people? <laughs> maybe. Let's Man, take it one step deeper. I uh, maybe I should. Maybe I should put out. Here's the thing, I Brian. I make so many stupid niche comedic videos for just like niches within a niche. Maybe I should try to go mainstream. Maybe I should do an investigative deep dive on the shrimp story. Like I could probably actually that I could probably actually have that video go more viral. That would be that would be a good bit. Yeah. Either way, that would be funny. Are you, do you, do you, are, are you joking now? Or do you lean to like, <laughs> it's Brian's birthday, everyone. He said, all I want to do is talk about shrimp tails and chemtrails. That's actually, <laughs> I, the reason that flowed off my tongue, Brian, is because I, the other night, I was trying to workshop uh, in my Twitter drafts something like a realize, 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 but for, shrimp tails chemtrails and i never got any farther oh that's not bad though i know i'll, sh- I'll show you all i have it here literally this was in my drafts shrimp, shrimp tails, tails kills chemtrails, chemtrails. <laughs> i didn't get any further is is this a bit right now or do you actually like have like a cons- like a bit of a conspiratorial thing fetish and you just you just haven't really mentioned it no i don't uh, I don't. It just seems like a lot of these things are converging at once. Uh, me articulating my conspiracies around the shrimp and then watching uh, the QAnon. And then also uh, I was listening to uh, a song, the new uh, Lana Del Rey, the first song on that album or one of the songs, or maybe the album is, has chemtrails in it. So all of these things have been mashing up in my brain. Yeah. I mean, okay. It- that's pretty good. Shrimp tails, chemtrails, big whales. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's, you, you could definitely rhyme that with stuff. There we but go. The, the whole point of the realize, realize, realize is it's the same word, essentially. What, what is that? I'm sure there's a term for that. Yeah. Where it uh, sounds the same, but spelled differently. Yeah. Um, I mean, but shrimp tails and chemtrails, you kind of have me sold already with those two. I appreciate the chat right now helping punch up and workshop uh, my tweets. Um, this is why in my Discord channel, we have a think tank uh, channel. They're helping me brainstorm merch and all this stuff. So now we're going to have to start uh, brainstorming tweets in there. Or Chris just says we could rename the pod uh, Shrimp Tails Chemtrails. <laughs> make it even <laughs> make less sense yeah. to people who are browsing the, the podcast. I was listening to uh, one of my buddies' podcasts, and they were talking about the song, uh, you know, where it starts out, uh, Splish Splash, I Was Taking a Bath. Yeah. And apparently that song was a bet, that someone bet someone that you couldn't start, like, or it was just like, you have to start the song with Splish Splash, I Was Taking a Bath. It feels like that would be this for, you have to start a podcast called Shrimp Tales Chemtrails. Yeah, and, and <laughs> like get X amount of views or something. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I think I actually did hear that. Uh, Splish Bass was taking a bath. Who wrote? Who wrote it? Do you Do you remember? Now I forget. Splish Splash. This group of two writers that wrote like every song back then. Bobby Bobby Darren. Oh, Bobby Darren. Okay, that was not who I was thinking. There you go. That should actually be the theme song for uh, 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 Splash Play. I don't mind Ducktails. Yeah, Ducktails is a jam. Tails come trails. Ducktails. 
Yeah. Except tails, tails, but it's spelled differently. Yeah. All right. If someone, you know, I'm always looking for help with video assets, uh, multimedia production. If someone wants to make a better Lowell's intro that uh, is set to DuckTales music and features uh, shrimp tails and chemtrails with like a very kind of uh, conspiracy vibe to it. Brian talking about lizard people, me talking about uh, this being a giant prank. I think it'd be great. I'm talking about other people talking about lizard people. <laughs> don't take this out of context, people. Please. That's what the internet's all about, taking things out of context. I don't know about the DuckTales theme song, though, because you're going to get flagged for copyright every every show. Um, yeah. Um, you know, but I think we're making this goes back to the NFT thing, Brian. I think we're making like uh three to four dollars uh in YouTube <laughs> ad revenue uh show. So they're, I think we can true. sacrifice it for the camera. I mean, but, but do that will they like take take you down for a while or something either if the, if you do that? They or is don't it just the monetization. Normally what it is is yeah, you can't monetize it and often there'll be ads that the creator of that uh IP can actually run ads against your content. Mm. Mm. Hmm. oh yeah well then we'll start talking real crazy yeah well that's the stuff i was at the q anon th those guys they were featuring a bunch of the youtubers over there i mean just some of the least charismatic untalented people i've ever seen with a hundred plus thousand <laughs> youtube subscribers i'm like maybe i should start talking about shrimp tails and chemtrails I, I i agree i was watching somebody somebody new on youtube decent amount of followers i'm like how can anyone listen to this for more than two seconds <laughs> shrimp tails shrimp tails shrimp tails that's we're getting there i like that. that's pretty good <laughs> oh wow casey casey thank you for the for the donation casey i think i recognize your handle you're you were big in the etr uh establish the million chats i think because you would give your you would plant your flag if i'm remembering correctly casey um, I appreciate your donation. Um, well, Brian, do you have any, what are you going to do the, the rest of the night here for your birthday? Oh, I'm going to go fucking party. No, I'm not doing anything. No, I <laughs> no, no, even claws for you tonight. No, nah, I don't feel like it. I'll, I'm, I think I'm hanging out with my family next week. So we'll have a couple drinks Do like an Easter slash birthday thing. There you go. There you go, man. Well, uh, well, happy birthday. I hope, um, you know, the, the market, uh, FUD can go away for just a little while so you can enjoy yourself tonight. That's all. That's all I think about. That's right. When's this market going down? <laughs> Could be five years. Yeah. Could be when the lizard people take over. There you go. Um, all right guys. Uh, appreciate you. Uh, as always, uh, we got links down below. If you want the audio version of the podcast, uh, let's keep, uh, workshopping, uh, shrimp tails and chemtrails. Um, please subscribe to our channels. If you haven't yet, Brian and I both have vibrant discord communities. Uh, I recommend joining Brian's to find out about RBX 88 sex escapades. Um, and, uh, lots of good channels in mine as well. So Brian, final, final birthday words here. The Thanks for the birthday well wishes, guys. Oh, look at Brian get so comfortable when I make him be sappy. All right, happy birthday, Brian.
Ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.